Hey all, it's Evan Hill here of Real Hawk Talk. Super excited to talk to you about our good friends over at Burgermaster. If you know anything about me, I crave burgers in my sleep. I do not mess around. Started in 1952, Burgermaster is the best burger chain in Washington State. They have locations all over the Puget Sound in Aurora, Bellevue, Everett, Mill Creek University, and Mount Vernon. Their fresh ingredients and classic driving experience make them the greatest burger chain in the state of Washington. Stop by Burgermaster on your way home from a Seahawks game. You won't regret it. Hey everybody, it's Brian. If you haven't noticed, it is absolutely nuts out there in the housing market. If you don't know exactly what you're doing and you don't have someone that you trust by your side to guide you through the process, good luck getting the home you want or getting the best price for the home you're selling. John Hurlbut at Altitude Homes is a guy I've known for years, over a decade, a friend and someone I trust implicitly. If you are in Pierce, South King, or Thurston counties, there is nobody better to help guide you through the real estate process right now. Go on over to altitudehomesteam.com slash hawkablogger. Now, again, that's altitudehomesteam.com slash hawkblogger. Sign up to contact John. He will help you with the process, and all referrals will result in a $1,000 donation from John and the Altitude Homes team to Ben's Fund. Everybody wins. Go in there, get your help, get your dream home, get the most money for your home. AltitudeHomesTeam.com slash HawkBlogger. Hey all, Evan Hill here of Real Hawk Talk. Super excited to talk to you guys about our good friend Blake Johnson of ManifestFit.com. Football season is quickly approaching, and it is a struggle to stay in shape while eating burgers and nachos. ManifestFit.com is your one only true online personal training service with workout and nutrition programs specifically based on your needs. They work with clients all over the U.S., and what makes Blake and ManifestFit.com so unique is that they don't believe training should be a luxury item. Now's the time to start. Head over to ManifestFit.com. Click on how to join and fill out the form. Their team will get back to you ASAP and help you start building a healthier, happier, louder Seahawks family. The skyline is etched in my veins. You can never put that out no matter how hard it rains in my city. And welcome to the 189th episode of Real Hawk Talk. This is Brian Nemhauser at Hawk Blogger on Twitter. And Nathan Ernst at Nathan E11 and I are going to take you through yet another Seahawks humiliating defeat. This time at the hands of Jimmy Graham and Nick Foles and the 4 and 10, now 5 and 10 Chicago Bears. Uh, Fair amount to, to kind of go through here. Nathan, first of all, most importantly, welcome. And uh, uh, I believe a Merry Christmas is in order for you. Is that right? Yeah, yeah. Thank you. Happy holidays to everyone out there. Merry Christmas to everyone who celebrates all that good stuff. Yeah, yeah. Did you have a good uh, a good holiday, you know, week, couple days? Yeah, a couple days. Uh, you know, uh, we even woke up to snow this morning. So today hasn't been all bad. We got some sledding in. Uh you know, Seahawks is a bit of a damper on it all, but yeah, we had a great time. Yeah, my my youngest informed me just as I was going on with you here that he was going to go outside uh, unsupervised and uh, with our dog. So I have no idea what's going on back there. <laughs> I, I may see like things happen in our front yard that I may do run out here in the middle of. Um, so if you see a, a, me vacate, it's not because I just can't talk about this any longer, although it might be because of that. Um, it's, it's probably something else. Um, so, so Nathan, 
you are a pretty even keel guy from the outside, but you said in our group chat at one point when the Bears took the lead, like we're just, you know, turning this thing around, you said, I'm sick. And I would like you to share a little bit more about what was going on for you as you watched this game unfold. Um, as I watched it unfold, I don't know. I guess I just kept waiting for that to happen, which sucked. Um, and I don't know. It it felt like they had it pretty well put away, and then they gave it back to the Bears, but then the Bears gave it right back to them, and then they couldn't get a drive going, and then that whole last drive happened where, you know, it, it was – Look, that defense wasn't very good all game. Like, they they had troubles, you know, with third and long and some stuff. But, like, they just completely forgot how to tackle. Uh, and then, you know, for Graham to be the one to catch that touchdown and to do it on that kind of post-up fade that Seattle so desperately wanted to make happen with him and they couldn't ever make it happen. Like, yeah. for all his touchdowns, you know, there was – I had, like, a running thing on Twitter where – Every time he scored a touchdown, you know, or or they would throw to him in the, the end zone. If they tried that, that exact play, it never worked. Like, almost never worked. But if they did anything with him moving, then, you know, where like a slant or anything like that, then it was great. And, and you know, size, speed, all that. And so then that worked. And then just watching that that two-point conversion and be like, he didn't get his feet down, right? There's There's no way that they didn't get him out of bounds, right? Right? And just, you know, by the slimmest of margins. So it was just like, you know, the season sucks. So it was a gut punch. Let me let me test two things that, you know, I think people who watch the show regularly know that you and I do not always see things eye to eye. Um, but uh, I think we I think we might agree on two things here um, that people might not expect. One, uh, the defense was was shit. Uh, to give up, I, I don't care what they did through the whole game, but to give up 25 points to Nick Foles and the third string Bears offense, which is one of the worst uh, in the NFL, they gave up a bunch of long third downs, a bunch of stupid penalties. Like they were, they were nowhere near good enough today. Um, they had some good plays, but that was that was a. I think comprehensively bad game for the Seahawks defense. Would you agree? Yeah, I definitely wasn't. I mean, it wasn't good for sure. So, and I think this is kind of um, what I've been waiting to see happen with this defense. You know, we talked about it a couple of weeks ago now, right? You know, points per, per drive and points per game are telling kind of one story. And then, you know, EPA is another, and there's a whole third down red zone thing that's been going on. And, you know, the question just for me has been, how real is it? And today, I think you saw like that other side of the coin. So like, whatever you think about all that, I mean, they definitely, like you said, they collapsed, you know, on those certain longs kind of over and over again. So really rough day. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I think another thing, I'm going to add another thing to the pile. So I, I said two, I'll say three. Um, Jason Myers is one of the worst signings the Seahawks have made. He, he is as bad as the season has been and as many poor performances as there have been, we have not talked enough about how bad Jason Myers has been. I mean, joking aside, he has been, I mean, one of the worst, if not the worst kicker in the NFL this year, like by almost any measure. 
like he missed a 39 yard field goal that would have won this game. This wasn't a long, wasn't a tough kick, right? Um, do you think that John Schneider knows about the two bets that are going on right now for donations to Ben's fund and like has bribed Myers has put the fix in, you know, he saw the season's gone wrong and he's like, here, just miss a bunch of these. Uh, yeah. Yeah. It, it, you, <laughs> it makes as much you and your wife, uh, you know, I, I hope, I hope, uh, have, have stored away some, some, some money for charity because, uh, it's going to be expensive for you for sure. Um, and then third, this one's the one I'm not as positive you'll agree on, but um, Russell Wilson got outplayed by a third-string quarterback. Do you agree? I don't know if I'm going to say outplayed, but, I mean, there wasn't much to differentiate the two, which I think is, you know, we're damning with faint praise at that point. So I don't know if I'm going to say that Foles was, like, a lot better than him or significantly or, like, you know, clearly better, but the fact that their comparison at all is obviously a big problem for this team and for Russ. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I think they ended up with, like, 25 yards passing in the second half or something like that um, in this game. And this is another one that I'm really curious your thoughts on because we're usually on, you know, at least – different sides or at least not totally on the same side on this one i thought the running game was their most effective part of their offense today at least most reliably effective and it seemed like whenever it got going they went away from it and um, i'm kind of curious i mean rashad penny ends up with 17 carries for 135 yards that last possession where they were in the red zone and ended up in myers missed field goal penny runs down into the red zone and then he never gets back in the game every time he gets a big run they not only take him out, but they take him out for like four or five plays. Um, I'm curious what your thoughts are or were about both the use of Rashad Penny and just the the leveraging of the run game um, in this in this uh, in this game. Yeah, I'll, I'm actually going to pull it up right now and see uh, on Ben Baldwin's site to see if we have the EPA numbers up there. I think we should, but just looking at the the box score, I mean. Uh, Russ averaged 6.7 yards per attempt, which isn't including his scrambles and isn't including his sacks. So, you know, that's not an exact number. Uh, Penny averaged 7.9 uh, yards per rush. Um, so it's it's hard to look at that and say that, you know, um, that the running game was at all problem. Or like, I, I think you're probably right that it was, it was definitely the best part of the offense. And, um, yeah, I'm looking at the EPA per play now. Russ was 0.06 EPA per play. Penny was 0.22. So significantly higher. And it's honestly like, that's not, one of the things that drives me nuts, Nathan, is it wasn't hard to predict that the run game would be more effective in a snowy, in snowy conditions. Like that's, maybe, maybe you'll tell me that there's been research done that that's not true, but uh, every time I've watched snow football, a couple of things always seem to be true. Maybe three things. One, um, special teams usually is a big part of the, the game. Like there's a big return. It's just harder to cover guys at that speed, changing directions in, in slippery conditions. Uh, also kicking is hard. So just special teams plays a bigger role. I think we saw some of that today. Uh, I think the run game generally is, is better in those games for similar reasons. Um, and then uh, I lost the third thing. Oh, turnovers usually are a big part of, of um, 
snow games. Were there any turnovers today? Uh, no interceptions, no fumbles lost. So yeah, no turnovers today, which is kind of interesting. And I think honestly is one of the biggest problems with this defense. Um, but like they just don't turn the ball over enough. Yeah. So this is interesting. So if you actually like, so uh, like you said, Penny had 0.22 uh, EPA per play, Russ at 0.06. Um, if you actually like break it down though, uh, on early downs, it was, you know, passing was 0.23 EPA per play, rushing was 0.2. So basically equal. Um, they didn't have a single run on third and fourth down, according to uh, uh, running backs don't matter, rbsdm.com. Um, which I think probably tells you a lot about, um, you know, the third down situations that they were giving themselves into either because of, you know, bad runs, sacks, penalties. I'd have to go back and look and break it all down. But um, that's, that's, that's really bad, actually. Um, you know, the one thing that everyone can agree on with running is that you sh- it's good in short yardage. And so the fact that they never set themselves up to try it, and then that's, pro- you know, they probably had like a third and two or third and three where they decided to pass instead. But that's really bizarre that they, uh, they didn't run a single time on third or fourth time. So I'm seeing, a, I saw one comment here that we are too nice. Um, we acting, we're acting like a Starbucks order got wrong. Um, it's over. Fire Pete, the overall sign off for everything. Stop overanalyzing things. Fire Pete, trade Russ, rebuild the whole thing. Um, Wait, yeah. I want a pop quiz yeah. without looking. What is the 2021 Seattle Seahawks point differential? Um, after today's game it's positive still isn't it by like or like it's even or like maybe a couple points positive it was even coming into the game so they are now one point below this is within with everything that's happened this should be by point differential about a 500 team and so then if you look at it with you know the rest injury and and some of the weird stuff with the covid game right and the rams game and that still being a relatively close game um i there's definitely an argument to say they should roll this back they should keep pete they should keep ken norton jr uh you know i mean you've talked a lot about from a points perspective from a ben don't break you know perspective whether that's sustainable or not they've pretty well sustained it you know i think for most of this year right going back to maybe like the titans vikings game yeah this will be the first time in this will be the first time in nine games that the seahawks have not held their opponent under their incoming scoring average um, yeah. so yeah so we've talked about that a lot um and you know waldron I, I don't think there's a lot positive to say but he's also just in his first year so like you know the idea that there's some desperate need to make a change there after they went out and wrestle you know was really involved in picking him i don't know and but is that your opinion or is that just the argument? That's the argument. <laughs> yeah. So what's your opinion? Because because I don't think that's how you feel. I'm just tired of watching this team. Like, and I, I mean, I've been there for a while, right? I mean, I think, I don't know if it was the last playoffs or the playoffs before when I started talking about like, hey, is this just like the Memphis Grizzlies of the NFL? Um, I've wanted some change to just see what you can open up and, and you know, how much ceiling do they have? Um, so that's still what I want. Um, I have no idea what type of change I want. Um, I, I actually don't have a strong feeling between getting rid of Pete and getting rid of Russ. I think really, is that true? It is. 
So the only thing that I kind of rest on here is the Aaron Rodgers comparison. And I think that if you want this team to continue to be good and you want to try to get back to a Super Bowl like relatively quickly, I think your best shot is probably still trying to is to get rid of Pete and seeing if you can finally break Russ out and get him to that level that we've been talking about him getting to for a long time. Now, after this year and the finger maybe still not being 100% right and some of the issues and just poor play in general, I don't actually have a strong enough feeling that he's going to hit that to really be strongly on the get rid of Pete side. But that's that's kind of where I'm at, but I really don't have a, a big opinion. It'll be wild to go into next year with Pete and not Russ, and there'll be a lot of content. Dana will love all the content that we'll have, but uh, I don't really care at this point. But, so the, I think that that's it's interesting to hear, Nathan. I, I think uh, makes sense. The reason I'm not flipping over tables and super furious about this is I was there in week two. <laughs> like, it's been a long time since I was – dejected about where this team was going and look I, I can't tell you I don't know if you got this in your mentions I got it over and over again like I can't why are people giving up on this team so early why are people saying that this is like the end of an era it's only week two it's only week three it's only week four you know people could say it was still too early I feel like the season has gone exactly as I expected it to since I saw what I saw against the Titans like the only thing that was surprising to me this season in a good way was the last week of preseason where we started to see the offense for Shane Waldron that looked interesting. It wasn't with Russ, but at least we saw some hints of what the offense could look like, and it looked promising. Then week one with Russ and the starting offense, it actually looked like what I think we expected. We saw some plays to the tight ends. You remember Gerald Everett catching an easy touchdown and D. Eskridge making end rounds and jet sweeps and you know DK getting involved. Like Everything was good. Like, and that was like, okay, well, maybe, maybe this is going to be better than I expected. And then it's, it's, it's basically like in the Tennessee game, I was like, okay, this is not any different than the team from last year in a lot of ways. And the only thing that has exceeded my expectations since then has been the defense. And that's not because I think the defense is elite but I didn't think the defense was that good. And for them to be top four in scoring defense this late in the season is way above what any of us expected, no matter how you graded defense. So like, that was the only thing that I was like, Oh, all right, that's cool. Um, I can say individually, like Daryl Taylor is, you know, been better than I think we could have reasonably hoped. I think he has like, what, like five sacks, six sacks, whatever he has. Rasheem green, yeah, My favorite is leading the team in sacks again. Back, back, six and a half. Um, yeah, so that's why for me, like, I, I've been mourning the the kind of end of this era for a while, and this game is just like comedic nonsense, right? Like, mm-hmm. they lost to the Bears. Who fucking cares? Like, f- fuck you for making me watch that and think it was going to be a reasonable game. Fuck Jason Myers for just missing like the easiest fucking kick you're going to have. Uh, like fuck Shane Waldron. I'm sick of watching his play. Call. Like it, they ran like three jet sweeps to, to DS today. I was like, what the hell's happening here? And um, that was good to see. But like, I think 
I think everything I've seen from Shane Waldron tells me this is not a guy that you want to give a second chance to. He looks like a guy that's in over his head, has no sense of when to call what, has no chemistry with your quarterback. Whoa. Pete explicitly said that they have the most perfect relationship in chemistry that you can ever want between a quarterback and an OC. Yeah, well, then I'm clearly wrong. Sorry. (laughs) (laughs) If Pete said that, forget the results. It's obviously true. Um, Yeah, I mean, I just, I look at it, I'm like, um, what is the thing that you do? Are you like, you you put your your exec hat back on, and, or you put your Jody Allen hat on. Yeah. And you want this team to be, good still like i don't think i i know that you're way you you're way more comfortable i think with the rebuild than most people are i am but like so like what is the answer you just you just get rid of rest well, look i mean it really rest depends on it depends on what your goal is and so for me if, if you're saying what would i do and i you know I'll repeat what i've been saying for me the only goal is a super bowl i do not care about being a consistent winning team that net like the Aaron Rodgers and Green Bay example for me is not that compelling because they haven't done shit. They've gone to the NFC Championship. They've lost. They haven't even gotten to the Super Bowl. I don't know if they're going to do it this year either. I'm not that convinced that Green Bay is going anywhere. So like, and also, well, I can go further into it. Aaron Rodgers was a way better quarterback than Russell Wilson. He was an MVP and a team built around him that won a Super Bowl. And so him to get back to being an MVP versus Russell, who's never even gotten MVP votes, all of a sudden he's going to get a coach that makes him an MVP level player that you can build. I don't know. Like, I just don't buy any of that. So, but that's kind of a side. I think to me, I've seen enough from Russ, not only this year, but the second half of last year. And honestly, for the last, like since, since 2016, let's say, I just don't think you can build a team around Russ as the centerpiece of your Super Bowl team. Like, I don't think you can make it a passing-centric offense around Russ and, and win. And so to me, it's like, win it all. Win it all, just to be clear. I think you can win a lot of games and make the playoffs. I don't think you can win it all that way. I don't think that's who he is as a quarterback. So at this point, I think keeping him just prolongs what is going to be a non-championship contending stretch for the Seahawks. And to be totally clear, Nathan, no matter what you do, keep Pete, fire Pete, fire John, keep John, Russ, all that stuff. The most likely outcome by a far shot is that we're in for the dark ages for a little while for the Seahawks. Like it is not an easy path from here to being something that matters. Like Bobby's going to retire soon. Like anyway, it's going to retire. (laughs) So, so I just, in that case, for me, I'm like, give me a fresh hand. Give me all the draft picks you can get. Give me a new person leading the organization who's going to make different decisions. Um, and let's see. And if it, if the coach you bring in, the leader you bring in sucks, you Jim Morham and you fire him after a year. Like, I become a very active manager in that situation when it's going this poorly. That's what I would do. So... Do you want to bring Pete back? Set the rest side or whether whatever you do with rest, whatever you do with John, does do you want to bring Pete back? No, I, I I don't feel nearly as strongly about it as like the vast majority of fans do. I think it's going to be harder to find a better 
football program builder than Pete is, I, than people realize. I think that there's a, I think there's a much more likely chance we're going to get an Urban Meyer or some kind of disaster or someone who's just not that good. Uh, could be a Dennis Erickson level guy, like who knows, but like someone who's just not that good then to find someone who's really capable of building a, a Super Bowl team. That's just the reality. But I think Pete is, I think Pete's influence on personnel was great the first three years. I think it's been awful since. And I think he has not picked good assistant coaches. Um, those are two of the most important things you judge a, a, a head coach by. And um, I mean, his game management's always been awful. So that, that is not nearly as big of a deal to me as, as, as anything else. But the only real, the two things that I would say that would make me want to keep Pete or that would make the case for Pete is one, his players still play for him. And that says a lot. And it's hard to do in these situations. And two, I do think the defense is, has outperformed this year. And um, I think there's some signs that they could come out the other side as a decent defense if they had a pass rush to what they have right now. He's proven he can build great defenses. So I think those two things are the case in his favor. But like I said, I, I, I'm, I'm with you. I'm sick of watching the same shit. Yeah. Just, um, I'm sick of it. Yeah, I mean, that's that's where I'm at. Like, you know, people are screaming, like you're saying about, you know, you got to make wholesale changes. You got to get get rid of fire P, get rid of Russ, all this stuff. Like, you can go through for each of these guys, right? Like, P, again, the culture stuff, he's always been amazing at that. Even as, as we've screamed at him about, you know, fourth downs and all that, the culture stuff has been amazing. I think that you can say that Seattle has handled the COVID situation as well as, you know, any team or maybe the best, you know, in the league. And so there's that stuff in favor of Pete. And then, you know, there's, we've made lots of arguments for why Pete, you know, should go. Uh, so you, you, to me, you can argue that either way, you know, John Schneider, you can point to that. Adam offense, But then you can talk about like how they've overperformed on defense. And a lot of that is guys like Jordan Brooks and uh, John Reed playing pretty well. Right. And Quandre Diggs for a fifth round pick. And then Russ, of course, has, you know, the second half of 2015, the first half of 2020, where you can look and say, no, he can play in an MVP level. And then he has other stretches where you say, you know, this, this, you maybe just like you're saying, move on and don't get stuck in this quagmire. So, um, yeah, I really have no idea what to do. I think that you can make arguments that they really should roll it back and, and that they could be a, a playoff team and they could win a playoff game next year with the same core group um but for me i just kind of i i need something new i <laughs> it's uh yeah it's gone sour for me yeah yeah um interesting just watching the chat <laughs> people are all over the place on this uh yeah like it's, it's, it's just interesting talking with you about it nathan uh because I think most people would think you'd say, no matter what, you got to keep Russ and you got to fire Pete. People would say for me, Brian would say, you got to keep Pete and you got to fire Russ or trade Russ. I don't think either of us feel that strongly about it one way or another. I do think, and I think I saw you nod to this, no matter what path you take, you keep Russ, you bring on, let's say you bring on a coach that's as good of a match as LaFleur is for Rodgers and you get the best play of Russell's career 
I still think the likelihood of you building a Super Bowl team, like a, a Super Bowl winning team, is not high. Like, it, I mean, with Russ specifically, or just, I mean, I think it's not high no matter what you do. <laughs> no, that's right. No, that's right. But I, I have this feeling that the people think we just need to reload and give Russ better coaching around him, and we'll be right back in contention for a ring. I just like I don't see it. I, 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 I agree. And then part of me is I don't know that Russ is ever going to be right again. Let's talk about that. What makes you say that? Because man, there were some there were some crazy bad throws again today. I thought we were done with those. Uh, I, I just wonder. Yeah, I mean, there's some of that still. Um, you know, I, thinking about this game and a lot of it felt like a lot of Seahawks games that we've watched in the past where they just managed, they just, they fuck around against a bad team. And then at the end, instead of airmailing that ball to Lockett, he hits Lockett in stride and Lockett probably runs for 10, 15 yards downfield and you're setting up for a field goal and maybe you win that game. And, and that's the difference between this 2021 team and like that. 2018 or 2019 team, um, which, you know, says a lot about those 2018 and 2019 and some of the teams we've seen the last few years and how we've talked about how, hey, there they're, they're flaws, right? There's some problems here, even though they're winning 11 games and going to the playoffs. Um, but yeah, but he didn't, he didn't hit that. And, you know, he scrambled on the play, the one that got with the offset penalties and, you know, got like three yards and didn't stand a chance. <laughs> I mean, I think he was just making the best of a bad situation, but like clearly physically, like athletically, he's not the same. The finger doesn't look 100% still. Um, and he seems rattled. He seems out of sorts still. He doesn't seem like his normal self. So I don't know. I don't think it's out of the question that 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 finger injury is something that he's going to deal with for the rest of his career. I mean, mm-hmm. you know, we there was that, uh, that DK pass in the Rams game that he – was short and there was a lot of argument about how whether dk could have played it better dk could have played it better but it was short he launched that ball like i think 40 yard 40 yards from the line of scrimmage which is a long way that's a, a deep throw but we're used to him seeing you know pretty easily 50 60 yards sometimes and that one he couldn't so when does that come back yeah yeah i can't i think you mentioned the locket throw there was the the dk throw on third down where there was, did you say that one as well? Like there was nobody near DK er, and nobody near Russ and Russ just <laughs> airmailed it. And yeah, like, well, DK could have maybe made that catch. And that was the Rams game last week or the, about this game. Oh, was there another one in this game? I missed yeah, that. Third, third and four. And, and Russ like lo- looked over DK was wide open. His man had fallen down and Russ just threw it like three feet over his head and DK jumped, like tried to adjust and, you know, the ball did hit his his hands, but it was a crazy, awkward, unexpected play from short distance. It would have been a, an unreal catch to make. And there was no reason. There was no pressure. There was no one in its way. There was no reason for us to make the throw the way he did. So it was just a – anyway, as someone who is, is considered by most to be, like, super hard on Russ to the point of, like, not liking him, which has just never been true. But I'll just say – I have no less confidence in Russ as um, like a franchise quarterback, like than I have maybe at least since the end of last season. Like 
I think Russ can be a very good quarterback. I don't, I see a lot of comments here. Russ is done. He's like Cam Newton. He's done. I, I just, I don't, that's not how I see it. They might be right. And maybe I'll just like hate myself for over, over believing, but it's not that I think Russ is done. I think his legs are done. That I do. And I, I don't think that's a, a stretch to say. Uh, I don't think he's ever going to be a running quarterback again. I don't think he's ever going to get more than 200 yards rushing in a season, probably again. Um, I don't think he's going to be scrambling as much. I still think he can be a great deep ball thrower. I think he can be a great quarterback when paired with a good running game. And I know you don't necessarily feel that that's a, a, a big thing, or at least I want to put words in your mouth. I happen to believe that if he had a running game that wasn't reliant on him being a read option guy or scrambling for a bunch of yards, um, I think he can still be, I think we saw it today. Like a lot of the times when they were running well and then they'd play action off of it, regardless of whether you need to run well for play action to work, he was successful and there were some plays open and he made good throws. So I just think a, an off season of getting back to the basics and for God's sakes, getting a better coordinator in there. I think that's my biggest criticism by far of Pete Carroll in his whole tenure. He has never given Russ the quarterback coaching he needed from the very first season. I think he, I think he thought he was protecting Russ by just like, I don't know, by a lot of things. I just think if I think Shoddy was the best quarterback coach Russ had had. And I think his, he played his best under Shoddy. And I don't think Shoddy is even that great of a quarterback coach. So anyway, I, I think Russ is going to be back, but he does need, I, I, he, I, I think he does need a, a more complete offense around him and hell wouldn't hurt to have a better. He's where he's completely right. He needs a better offensive line. I mean, it's it's still a, one of the worst offensive lines in football. Um, so, uh, so let's see. I'm just seeing if there's anything else in the chat. Um, How about Carlos Dunlap for a minute and his resurgence? Yeah, yeah. What do you make of that? I'm not sure, really. I mean, there were a lot of reasons to believe that he wasn't as cooked as people were making it seem in the beginning of the year. But I think he's got five sacks. Uh, I think that's what uh, somebody said on Twitter that he's got five sacks in December, right? Just five sacks uh, in the last two games. Okay, there you go. Uh, I mean, you know, sacks are there, uh, they come in spurts. So, uh, but it's cool. It's awesome to see him still playing at a high level. Uh, I mean, it doesn't mean anything at this point, but he's been an impactor, uh, an impact player. Well, and I think, I think he signed, um, a two-year contact with a contract probably with a void year i'm not sure i thought it was it might have a void year but yeah so like we'll see if they end up keeping him next year but um probably not um i think the regime green stuff is cool is he is he going to be a free agent after this year this is yeah good for him like would you would you want the seahawks to resign regime green I mean, if they were going to pay him. He'll be 20. He's still young. He's 24 now. He'll be 25 next May. Still and pretty young. Yeah, he's, I'll give you some numbers for him just so you have it. Like, um, 
sack wise, at least he had one sack his first year, four sacks, 2019, two last year, and now he's got six and a half this year. So, you know, about 14 sacks in four years. So Dunlap will be back next year. Yeah, a $4 million base contract. And then he has void years, three years going after that. Uh, he's So he's going to make, what did he make in like, uh, something like six and a half million is his number for Dunlap. Would you give that to Green? It's just so, like Rasheem Green is the perfect example of the player that's hard to make that call about because he's never going to be great but he's clearly improved. He is a fine rotational player, but there's so many other, sorry. <laughs> there are so many other parts of this defense that you need to figure out and address. So like, I wouldn't start with Rasheem Green. That would not be the guy. I'd probably let him go to be, is my quickest answer. I, I think at about 6 million a year, I would probably try to make that happen. Um, because the problem is like, there are other things to solve on this defense, but then if you lose him, you know, that's now a, a, a gap. How, how's uh, Finn doing? You're, you're muted. He's doing good, man. He really liked the snow. That was a lot of fun for him today. It was his first snow experience, and he just did a bunch of zoomy runs all around the place. It was fun. Does he, can he see? <laughs> I feel like... Where are his eyes? Are they in there somewhere? They're there. They're there. I mean, honestly, I'm jealous because I should have had that kind of uh, haircut for the Seahawks game. It would have made it more enjoyable. Um, so you would keep him. I mean, I yeah. I, you mentioned John Reed. I actually thought he played pretty well today. He did have the DPI. He actually had a quietly good game when he got some snaps against the Rams last week. Um, what did you think? Yeah, I think he's okay. I mean, I definitely don't want to like go into next year and think that they have like a, a starter caliber player with him. But, you know, if, well, here's another question. So if you go into next year with DJ Reed, Sidney Jones, uh, John Reed, and will they'll, will they'll have, do they have to pay Ugo at this point? They have to pay Ugo at this point. I think so they'll probably need to find a nickel. But like, are you comfortable with those three? as you know your starting quarterback kind of rotation in depth no i think you absolutely have to you have to add to the pilot cornerback i will say that um sydney jones dj reed and trey brown um i think you could do worse than that that wouldn't you know i, I would love to see them add like a shutdown corner but so would everybody those are hard to come by so um yeah, corner would not be my top priority, but it would be my third priority after offensive line, defensive line, and then I go corner would be my third priority. So Dana in the chat says that uh, in the in the group chat says that Russ needs a full blown Matthew McConaughey Amazon River out of body experience reboot. I think she's advocating for him to go to South America and take some like LSD or some mushrooms or something. I mean, it's worth a shot, right? Who knows? Uh. I would just be happy to see off-season clips of him not doing training to be faster and like stronger, but to figure out how to throw a screen pass in the proper time. Or like, I mean, honestly, like I want to see him throw three thousand slants. 
to DK Metcalf, where 2,750 of them are in the exact right location at the exact right time, and they have the perfect chemistry. Like, I want to see his Fitbit sleep score every day in the offseason and have it be like at least eight and a half hours. <laughs> Man has been sleep deprived for a decade. He just needs to go to bed. Yes. Yes. I like that. Maybe that's you found the flaw um, yeah. in, in the approach this whole time. Um, all right. Anything else we should bring up um, before we give everybody the rest of the night to stew on this piece of shit game that we just watched? How concerned the freaking bears uh, with Nick Foles. Yeah, you know, uh, this this held a lot more water like in the third quarter, but the defense hasn't looked a lot different with Ryan Neal compared to Jamal <laughs> Adams. I was waiting for you to bring that up. Or, you know, I mean, just a variety of like COVID uh, lists and injury. Uh, like a lot of people are kind of missing at this point. Are you, does your opinion of Jamal Adams change at all? I'm, I'm asking this question because I know Dana's listening and can't answer. And I just want to say that the right answer has been factually proven that the Jamal Adams trade was bad and they should have never done it. And that Ryan Neal is as good as Jamal Adams. So I, I'm with you on the trade being bad. That, that the, 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 cost, the cost paid was just exorbitant. And, and for him to make that worth it, he had to be at least a Jalen Ramsey level defensive player like and arguably someone who is challenging for defensive player of the year kind of um there and i've said it there were signs when he was in new york that he was a special unique player that could potentially do that from the safety spot like a palomalu type of guy that does everything um he's not been that at the same time i don't for a second believe that the seahawks defense is better without him and with ryan neal playing i i just don't not only because i think jamal adams is a very good football player, despite what people think. I think he's a very good football player. And I think that the Seahawks are better when Ryan Neal's their third safety and not their starter. So, um, but yeah, I mean, how do you judge how much of a difference? I, I can't, I can't say. I think that's more film study and specific matchups. I mean, who knows? Um, yeah, that's all I'd say. I, I thought Jamal Adams was playing some of his best football and helping the team um, before he got hurt. So the last three or four games before that. All right. Um, I think that probably covers everything. Hey, we didn't talk enough about Rashad Penny. Um, 17 carries, 135 yards, 7.9 yards a carry, another touchdown, um, two runs of over 30 yards in this game. You know, good for that kid. I'm happy for him. Um, people have asked if we should resign him. I still don't think we should resign him. Um, but uh, I'm happy for him and I hope it continues. Um, all right. If you haven't already, please give the show a like. Um, we appreciate it. It helps other people find the show. Subscribe to the channel if you haven't already. And uh, go over to patreon.com slash hawkblogger. You may think this is a good thing or a bad thing. I don't know. But being a patron gives you immediate access to the Slack channel and giveaways. We gave away five tickets to this game, including two club seats. So there's people that got to see that in person. And let me tell you, actually, it was probably pretty fun for them. Um, so uh, take care, everybody. Be safe. Weather's not uh, super awesome, depending on your perspective, um, at least for traveling around in cars. Take care of yourselves. And we'll be back Wednesday. The show will be back Wednesday, I promise. I'm sorry, I've been traveling and, and uh, doing a bunch of other stuff. So we will make sure it's back. And we'll have a full conversation about where to go from here. Take care, everybody. 